And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, we'll begin our month-long Christmas programming with a Screen Guild Theater starring Shirley Temple in The Blue Bird from 1939. Then, it's part one of a Christmas comedy episode of The Harold Perry Show from 1950. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Look who's over there. Who? Mikey Gastella. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> hey, Mikey. He we, likes it. We love Mikey. He works so hard on these radio shows, makes them sound so good. And we have a great sound quality classic radio show to start things off. As I said, Christmas programming for a full month. It's going to be so much fun. We have a December 24th, 1939 episode of the Screen Guild Theater. Now, you know, this series had leading Hollywood stars performing in radio adaptations of their most popular motion pictures. It debuted in 1939, ran until 1952. It had many different titles during its run. It was the Gulf Screen Guild Theater, the Lady Esther Screen Guild Theater, and the Camel Screen Guild Theater. Now, that's because different sponsors sponsored it over the run, and they would use the sponsor's name in its title. The fees that the stars would typically charge were actually donated to the Motion Picture Relief Fund to help support the creation and maintenance of the Motion Picture Country Home for Retired Actors. Very worthy cause. And we have Shirley Temple and Nelson Eddy starring in The Blue Bird from uh, Christmas Eve 1939. Here's part one of the Screen Guild Theater. Miss Shirley Temple. Thank you, Mr. Eddy. What do I do now? Well, anything you say, Shirley, it's your program. But if I might make a suggestion, as one singer to another, how about a song? All right, Mr. Eddy, I'll sing. Someday you'll find your bluebird. Good. Wait your turn, find your time, for when you find your bluebird, life will be so sublime. It may be right near you, or maybe worlds apart. When love comes, you'll find it on the windowsill of your heart. And then you'll hear your bluebird sing a song of happiness to you. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Some 30 years ago, the famous Belgian author Maurice Maeterlinck wrote a play and called it The Bluebird. It must have carried a message the world sorely needed, for within a few years it was known and loved in every corner of the earth, by young and old alike. It's been acted in every country, in every language, and on almost every stage, until to the whole world the Bluebird has come to be the symbol of happiness. And now it's been brought to the screen by Daryl Zanuck and 20th Century Fox as the most magnificent and spectacular Technicolor production of the year, with Shirley Temple in the role of Meatle. And tonight, at this very moment in faraway France, Maurice Maeterlinck, now 77 years old, is seated at his shortwave radio, waiting to hear Shirley Temple bring his immortal story to life again. Did you like working in the Bluebird, Shirley? Oh, yes, Mr. Pryor. I loved it. Better than any picture I was ever in, I think. Do you know the Bluebird, Mr. Pryor? Oh, of course. It's the story of Meetle and Tiltil, a girl and boy who lived over a hundred years ago, if I remember correctly. Do you remember, all right? And do you remember the Royal Forest? That's where the story begins. Oh, it was beautiful. The most beautiful forest I've ever seen. The green pine trees were all glistening with snow. Oh, there was lots of snow. Because it was the day before Christmas. And I remember my brother, Tiltil, and I were walking through the forest. The birds were singing all around us. They were very happy because no one was supposed to hunt them in the royal forest. But I did. I guess I wasn't a very nice little girl. Tiltil and I set a trap. And then we hid behind a tree. And pretty soon, a little thrush came to eat the crumbs we'd spread. He came closer. And closer. And there, we had him in the trap. And all the other birds flew right away. We were pretty excited, too. But suddenly, we heard a horn. It was a royal forester. He waved his hand and shouted at us. And I yelled, Come on, Tiltil. Run, run. The royal forester. And we did run, too. All the way back to the village. We didn't slow down till we were passing Angela's house. It wasn't much of a house, because Angela's mother was very poor, and Angela was sick and lying in bed near the window. I guess she wondered what we were carrying in the basket, because she opened the window and called to us. Meetle? Oh, Meetle. Oh, hello, Angela. What have you got in the basket, Meetle? Something for Christmas? It's a bird, a very rare bird. It's a thrush, we think. I trapped it in the royal forest. Oh, I've always wanted a bird like that. I don't suppose you wouldn't give it to me, would you? I should say not. I promised this bird to another little girl for Christmas. Have you? Who? Who do you suppose? Me. Come on, Tiltil. Yes, we'd better hurry. Mommy and Daddy don't like it when we're waiting for dinner. Oh, I'll show them my bird. And they'll forget to scold us. Where have you children been? What kept you? Look, Mummy, we caught the most beautiful bird. There's no excuse for being late to supper. Now go wash your hands. Yes, Mummy. Down, Tylo, down. Your mummy had to set the table, Meetle. Did you forget the time? You know, Daddy, I think the village clock is slow. You hear that, Mummy? The village clock was slow. She has eyes, hasn't she? You saw it was growing dark. Well, yes. But Angela Burlingo stopped us. I had to talk to her. She's sick, you know. Then we looked in at the rich children's house. Mm. Oh, just for a second, Daddy. Never mind all that now. Now, come on. Take your places at the table. There. 
We're ready for grace. For what we are about to receive, and for all thy bounteous blessings, O Lord, make us truly thankful. Amen. Amen. Me, 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 catch up your bird. Tylette, get away from there. Keep away from my bird. Get away, Tylette. And I told you, Meetle, not to trap birds in the woods. But, Daddy, it's such fun. And what do you think, Mommy? Angela wanted me to give my bird to her. Well, why didn't you? It would have been something to cheer her up. Oh, poor mite, sick in bed all winter. It's not my fault she's sick. It's your fault that you're selfish. You've got so much that she hasn't, Meetle. What have I got? Health, for one thing. What's that? And a roof over your head, warm clothes to wear. These old things. And plenty to eat. But nothing I like. Nothing good. Not like those rich children have. Cakes, candies, dolls to play with, pre-dresses, everything. I have nothing. Stop it, Meetle. Stop it at once. Why, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'm not ashamed. I hate it. I hate it all. Meetle. Another word and you'll go straight to bed. You're an ungrateful child. I don't care. Of course you're unhappy. If you don't mend your ways, you'll never be happy. Never. Oh, who's that? Come in. Oh, it's you, Wilhelm. Well, sit down. Have some supper with us. Thanks, but I, I have no time. I have bad news, I'm afraid. What's wrong? Orders to mobilize at once. Mobilize? Oh, no. Soldiers are on the march again. We assemble in the village square tomorrow at noon. I'll be there. Good. Till tomorrow, then. War. Daddy, I don't want you to go. I must go, dear. Why do they have to have war? What makes war anyway? The same thing that makes trouble everywhere. Greed and selfishness. Someone is not content with what they have. But you're not like that, Daddy. Why should you have to go? That's what's wrong about it, child. You can't be unhappy inside yourself without making others unhappy, too. Come. Come now, children. Be off to bed. Daddy and I have many things to do. Good night, dear. Good night. Mommy, I'm sorry for the way I behaved at supper. Yes, yes, dear. Good night. When Daddy said someone is not content, did he mean like me? Well... Like you are sometimes. But I don't want to be like that, Mummy. Really, I don't. I know, I know. I don't know what makes me do it. <laughs> Mummy, I'm so unhappy. Oh, there, there, dear. <laughs> you want to be happy, don't you? Yes, Mummy. Like you. You're happy all the time, aren't you? Well, nearly all the time, dear. Now go to sleep. Don't worry, Mummy. Daddy will come back. Yes. Yes, dear. Now sleep. Tell-tale, 
Even your boots are laced. She did it. Come, come, don't stand there staring. There's no time to lose. We must find the bluebird. But where should we look for it? In the past, in the future, everywhere. But, ma'am, we're not allowed to go places alone at night. There's your dog and cat. Take them. But, but, but we'll get lost in the dark. I'll take care of that. Night, you who give beauty to the earth, appear. It's a queen. She came right out of the lamp, all covered with light. I am night. Come to guide you, dear little friends. Where would you like to go? We're not quite sure where to go. Darling said we must find the bluebird. We don't know where to look. She said in the past, the future, everywhere. Perhaps we'd better start in the past. But where is the past? Light? Do you know the way? Of course. The past is just behind us. I'll show you. Come. Come. It's the only way to the past. You must leave from here, Meadle. But take heed. It is now nearly midnight. You must be back within the hour. Otherwise, you will remain in the past forever. Goodbye now. Uh, Aren't you coming with us? No. Light has no business in a graveyard. But I'll be waiting for you. I'll be waiting. this one for a whole year. That's because we're so seldom awake. and months now that you've forgotten us. Oh, the last time. Let me see now. It it was Easter morning. The, the, the church bells were ringing. Easter? We didn't go out that day. We both had very bad cold. No, but you thought of us. Yes, we missed you. Yes, every time you think of us, we wake up and see you again. But we thought you were dead. No, dear, no. People never die. Only when they're forgotten. Everything's the same here. The house. The yard. Oh, Granny, I'm so glad to be here. Look, <laughs> Grandpa. Huh? There's the hole in the door I made with your gimlet. And a good spanking you got for too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Grandpa. Here's for you to measure us on the door. Needle. Let's see how much we've grown. All right? My, my, how you've both shot up. Till, till you're three fingers taller. <laughs> and you meet to... Four, no, five. Uh, and how big and strong. Feel my muscle, Grandpa. 
Grandpa, you haven't finished carving little Coco yet. Oh, what chance have I got when I'm always asleep? Come along, Tilltil. We'll do some work on it now in my workshop. All right, Grandpa. Don't be long, Tilltil. Oh, you're in no hurry. Yes, but we are. We must be back within the hour. What time is it, Granny? Now sit down. It's only half past twelve. Granny, the reason why we're here, we've got to find a bluebird. It's terribly important. A bluebird? Oh, yes, I'm sure we've got one. Really, Granny? Where? Show me. Oh, we've plenty of time for that. I I haven't had a morsel of gossip in a twelfth month. But, Granny... Tell me, did Mrs. Van Groen's daughter marry the Burgermaster? No, she didn't. Why? What happened? Mrs. Van Groen married him herself. Merciful heavens. Please, Granny, can't we go now and see about the bluebird? All right, child, if we must. We look in the birdhouse. Right over there. Oh, thank you, Granny. There you are, dear. Birds of all kinds. All colors. You may have any one you like. Isn't there a blue one? Yes. Yes, there's a blue one. That one up there. Why, Granny, he isn't blue. He's black. Strange. He always looked blue to me. There isn't one here. Not a single bluebird. Won't one of these do? No, no. Granny said it must be true. She said to look everywhere. This is the past, isn't it? Yes, dear. But perhaps your bluebird isn't in the past. And you'll have to look somewhere else. I must go then. Till, till. Oh, Tilltail. Measle, what do you think? These little carved figures can whistle. I know that. Come on, we've got to go. Wait, you, you can't go yet. You haven't heard my little figures whistle. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you like. You name it, Measle. Can they whistle a hymn? Oh, hymns are for Sunday. The farmer in the dell, then? Oh, who wants that silly thing? <laughs> How? How'd you like Lady O? <laughs> that's the only one they play. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the one I wanted anyway. Granny, you used to sing that to me in my cradle, remember? I remember. You? Why, you weren't even born. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you sing, Meadle. Lady O, say a happy jingle, Lady O. Get a happy tingle, lady oh. Maybe every single care will go with a lady oh. Yo lady lay who? 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 We've really got to go now. Come on, Tilltil. -til. What time is it? Well, why, it, it, it's still half past twelve. Oh, my goodness. Something's wrong. Tilltil, we've got to run. But, Joseph, you said you wanted to learn to car. I do, but I haven't got time now. Wait, children. I'll bake you the biggest apple tart you ever tasted. We haven't time, really. We'll come again. Oh, you'll forget. I promise. Goodbye, Grandpa. But don't wait too long to come goodbye, again. Goodbye, Granny. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, darling. Think of us often. You don't know how much it means. 
they're gone. Always in such a hurry. Oh, I'll never get this carving finished. Uh, I'm beginning to get sleepy already. I am, too. It was nice of him to, to think of us. And wake us up. Perhaps it won't be so long till next time. Granny and Grandpa, we were sorry to leave them, but we just had to get out of the past. We'd have had to stay there ourselves forever. And is that the end of the story, Shirley? Oh, no, Mr. Pryor. When we got out of the past, light was waiting for us and took us through the most wonderful, exciting adventures. First, we went to see Mr. and Mrs. Luxury. They lived in a great big palace where everybody has everything they want, everything but the things they really need. And then... Light took us to the land of the future to visit with the children who weren't born yet. That was the most beautiful place of all. It seemed just like heaven. Everything was soft and blue, and you could see for miles and miles. And the children were all dressed in blue, too. And then Father Time came and called out their names. And they sailed down to Earth with him in his boat. And from way down below, you could hear the most wonderful music. It was a song of all the mothers waiting for their children. That's part one of the Screen Guild Theater. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to the Screen Guild Theater. It was all so beautiful, Mr. Pryor, that sometimes when we were making the scene, I almost cried. And what was the most exciting scene in the picture, Shirley? When Tylette the cat turned the forest against us. Then, when we were going through, those great big trees reached out their arms and tried to catch us. And the vines tried to trip us, and the fire chased us, and the river almost swallowed us. But we kept on running and running because we just had to find the bluebird. And did you finally find the bluebird, Shirley? Well, it's a big secret, Mr. Pryor, but I guess I can tell you. In the end, I did find my bluebird. And I hope for everyone that's listening that they find their bluebird, too. And then you'll hear your bluebird. the nicest Christmas present you could have given me. Thank you, Mr. Eddie. And if you want to give me a nice Christmas present... Uh-huh, yes. What? Well, will you please sing a silent night? I will if you'll sing it with me. All right. <laughs> Silent 
Nelson Eddy, wishing you all the happiest Christmas you ever had. Have you a word for your friend, Shirley? Oh, yes, Mr. Eddy. Dear radio audience, this has been a very exciting Christmas Eve for me. And Mr. Maeterlinck, can you hear me away over in France? I just love playing in your wonderful story, The Bluebird. And now, I just want to say to my friends at 20th Century Fox and to all the neighborhood good golf dealers everywhere, a very Merry Christmas to you and your families. A Merry Christmas, everybody! Good night, Shirley, and Merry Christmas to you. And ladies and gentlemen, remember, it's only in the Gulf Theater where you can meet all your favorite stars. The greatest motion picture stars working together. In the next few weeks, for example, we bring you Betty Davis, Spencer Tracy, Humphrey Bogart, Claudette Kobe, Charles Boyer. And be sure to make a date right now for Gulf's big New Year's Eve party here next week with Eddie Cantor, Gene Autry, Joan Blondell, Benita Granville, Mr. Guffey, Eddie Cantor's latest singing discovery, and Oscar Bradley and his Gulf Orchestra. Listen in, won't you? Good. Until then, this is Roger Pryor saying good night for your neighborhood good golf dealer, wishing you the best of good health, happiness, and Merry Christmas. Nelson Eddy's current picture for Metro Goldwyn Mayer is Balalaika. Oscar Bradley, conductor of the Gulf Orchestra, wishes to express his appreciation for the splendid cooperation of 20th Century Fox's general musical director, Alfred Newman, who composed and conducted the beautiful score of the picture Bluebird, which opens as a roadshow January 19th at the Hollywood Theater in New York City. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Shirley Temple and Nelson Eddy starring in The Bluebird with the Screen Guild Theater from December 24, 1939 with Roger Pryor as host as heard on CBS. Before we tune in to the Harold Perry Show, I want to remind all of our listeners to check out our Classic Radio Club. Just go to the website classicradioclub.com. You can join the club and start receiving classic radio shows sent to your home on CDs every single month. Now, these are the best shows from my collection of over 100,000 classic radio shows, and uh, I pick them out. I also write very copious liner notes and historical facts about every show, and Mike digitally remasters them. We put them on CD for you, and we send them to your home. Now, you can learn all about the Classic Radio Club. We have hundreds of members who have joined. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Check it out. You'll get wonderful classic radio shows sent to you, just like Lisa and Mike do. You like your uh, your surprise collection that you get every month, right, Lisa? I do. I'm going to build a collection uh, just like you. Right. It'll <laughs> I only just want take to turn you Carl. 14,000 years Well, I'm getting 10 shows. shows every month, Yeah. and I'm hoping to get 100,000 by the end, so I'm on my way. <laughs> well, if you don't cancel, you will end up with 100,000 <laughs> shows when goal. you're all done. All right, well, uh, let's uh, let's tune in now to a Christmas episode of the Harold Perry Show. This was a situation comedy series. Came to radio for one season in 1950. Hal Perry, who had been playing the Great Gildersleeve on radio, left the Great Gildersleeve to star in this program. And this particular episode, Harold Perry trusts an old bank robber with a job of playing Santa Claus for the kids. What do you think of that? He's taking a shot there, Lisa. Let's tune this in. Part one now of the Harold Perry Show. The Harold Perry Show. (laughs) 
And now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, there's a white mantle of snow over the little town of Melrose Springs, and the air is cold and frosty. But there's warmth and good cheer in the hearts of young and old alike, for Christmas is only two days away. Let's look in on the home of Honest Harold, where we find his mother just putting the presents under the Christmas tree. Dashing through the snow on a one-horse open sleigh. Now, this is for Harold. And this one's for Raymond. Through the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobsleds ring, making spirits bright. <laughs> Hello, Harold. Hello, Mother. Well, well, look at all those wonderful presents under the tree. Christmas is certainly a grand time of the year. It certainly is. Yeah, it makes you love everybody. I even love my boss, Stanley Peabody. <laughs> oh, Harold. Well, I do, Mother. Well, got to get downtown now. We're having an important meeting of our reindeer club this afternoon. That reindeer club was a wonderful idea of yours, Harold. Thank you, Mother. I just thought it'd be nice if some of us fellows got together and gave the children in this town a big Christmas party. A lot of presents, of Santa Claus and everything. Well, that's the true Christmas spirit, Harold. Who's in your club? Well, there are four of us, reindeer. Uh, Prancer, that's me. <laughs> Dasher, that's old Doc Yancey. Comet is Pete the Marshal. And Stanley Peabody is Donder. Should have been Donderhead. Now, 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 remember your Christmas spirit. Of course, Mother. At the meeting this afternoon, we're going to elect a Santa Claus. But the election is just a formality. They'll probably pick me unanimously. The whole club was my idea. <laughs> Won't that be nice? My son, Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> well, better get started, Mother. May not be home for dinner after the meeting. I've got some shopping to do. Well, I'll leave the front door unlocked for you. Oh, don't bother, Mother. Remember, I'm going to be Santa Claus. I'll just come down the chimney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh, I got a big boat. Quiet, 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 fellas. <clears throat> meeting of the Order of Noble Reindeer, heard one of Melrose Springs, will kindly come to order. <laughs> Brother Comet will now call the roll. Brother Comet, that's you, Pete. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, some Comet. Uh, <laughs> let me see here now. Where's my list? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Brother Prancer. That's me, present. Uh, Brother Dasher. Brother Dasher. That's you, Doc. Oh, yes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> Ye gods, Doc, can't you even remember your name? Oh, you're out of order, Harold. Well, a reindeer, I move we send Prancer to bed without his oats. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brother Donder? I, Stanley Peabody, am present. Listen to Prissy Pants. Brother Comet? Brother Comet? That's you, Pete. Oh, I didn't see myself. <laughs> Let's get down to business, fellas. Fellow reindeer, I am happy to report that our preparations for the Christmas party are going full speed ahead. And we're getting a lot of letters from the children. Telling us what they want in their Christmas stocking. Uh, Brother Pancher, here's a letter from a kid I'd like to read. Oh, good. Go ahead, Doc. <clears throat> Dear Reindeer Club, when I wake up Christmas morning, what I want to find in my Christmas stocking is Linda Darnell. <laughs> what smart alley kid wrote that? I did. <laughs> Doc. Only joking, Harold. Oh, I'm right behind you on this Christmas party. In fact, I think you deserve a vote of thanks for all the hard work you've done. Well, thank you, Doc. And I'd like to say to all of you that I've never worked with a nicer bunch of reindeer. 
Brother Prancer. Yes, Brother Donder and Stanley. I suggest we elect our Santa Claus now. Uh, good idea. I would like to nominate a man I think really deserves the job. Uh, go right ahead, Stanley, old friend. Fellow reindeer, this man is one of our leading citizens of Melrose Springs, respected and loved by all. Uh... The man I refer to is none other than I, Stanley Peabody. Ooh. Wait a minute, I've been double-crossed. I move the nominations be closed. Just a minute, Stanley. This whole thing was my idea. I ought to be Santa Claus. You, Hemp. Huh. But the only qualification you have for Santa Claus is that you carry your own padding. Oh. What a Santa Claus you'd make with those skinny legs. They look like two pipe cleaners with knees. Hemp, <laughs> keep that head. Now, Donder. Scarecrow. Now, Prancer. I move we postpone the election till tonight when we've all cooled down. What? Second. And let's don't forget the spirit of Christmas, Brother Reindeer. Merry Christmas, Hemp. Merry Christmas, Stanley. I hope he trips over a Yule log. Uh, uh, certainly crowded downtown. Everybody's getting ready for a Merry Christmas. Hello, Mrs. Delachapa. Uh... I don't feel very merry, I can tell you that. I'd be Santa Claus right now if it wasn't for that Peabody. I went and bought him a hand-painted necktie for Christmas. Ought to return it and get my 98 cents back. Oh, well. Why, Harold! Huh? Oh, hello, Theodora. Oh, I feel so Christmassy, don't you? The snow, all those decorations in the windows, and the happy music. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter, Harold? Something wrong with my little holly berry. Well. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be Santa Claus at the children's Christmas party. Didn't your reindeer club pick you? Well, Stanley Peabody wanted to be Santa Claus, too, so now we have to have an election tonight. Oh, Harold, that's nothing to worry about. I'm sure your friends will vote for you. Well, I guess so. Sure. And you'll make a wonderful Santa Claus, Teddy Bear. Yeah. <laughs> And I hope Santa will come to my house. I've got some mistletoe over the door. <laughs> you have? Uh-huh. And you know what mistletoe is for? Sure do. You stand on your toes and then we both missle. Yeah, we have. <laughs> oh, Harold. Uh, well, I have some shopping to do. Uh, Here's a present for you, Sandy Wanty. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <sighs> Wonderful girl. Hello, Harry. Oop. There's Doc. And it's horse and buggy. Better make sure the old horse doctor is going to vote for me tonight. Hey, just a minute, Doc. Oh, Silver Moon. Oh. <laughs> uh, what is it, Brother Prancher? Well, Brother Dasher, I just wondered... Look me... at my horse, Silver Moon, Harold. Don't she look sweet with that mistletoe in her ear? <laughs> mistletoe? Doc, there aren't any other horses in this town for her to kiss. I know, but she goes around kissing automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> it's the spirit of the thing. <laughs> oh, brother... Doc, about the election. You know, my animals are so excited, they love Christmas time. Oh? I'm uh, out now buying their presents. What are you whispering about, Doc? Well, I don't want Silver Moon to hear me. Huh? She's only 24 years old, but she still believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> Doc, please, I want to... I just don't know what to get for Arthur, my goat. Your goat? Yeah. <laughs> Last year, I got him an erector set, but he ate it. Oh, <laughs> 
Doc, will you listen to me for a moment? I want to talk to you about the election this evening. I suppose you're going to vote for me as Santa Claus. Aren't you, old pal? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> now, look, Doc. Get up, Silver Moon. Old Doc Yak Yak certainly thinks he's smart. For two cents, I'd tell his horse there isn't any Santa Claus. <laughs> Say, maybe I'd better drop into the marshal's office a minute and make sure Pete's going to vote for me tonight. Hello, Pete. Oh, hello, Brother Prancer. Uh, Pete, about the election tonight, I suppose you're going to... How do you like this little Christmas tree I'm decorating here? Oh, uh, looks beautiful. Pete, I... I'm fixing this tree from a prisoner, Orville the Dip. Orville the Dip? Uh, when did you arrest him? Oh, I didn't arrest him. He broke into jail last night. <laughs> broke in? I've never heard of a crook doing that. Oh, Orville isn't a crook anymore, Harold. He's retired. Oh. Poor old fella. Gets kind of lonesome for jail around the holidays. Uh -huh. Yeah, likes to be in familiar surroundings. Yeah. Oh, Pete, it's against the law to keep a man in jail if he hasn't committed a crime. I know that. I've put Orville out three times, but he keeps breaking back in. <laughs> Harold, you'd like Orville. He's one of the nicest ex-safe crackers you ever met. Yes, Pete, what I came in here... Oh, excuse me, I hope I'm not intruding. Oh, hello, Orville. I I'd like you to meet an old friend of mine, Honest Harold. Honest Harold, meet Orville the Dip. Very, very happy to make your acquaintance, sir. Uh, how do you do, how do you like the tree, Orville? It's lovely. It'll look beautiful in my cell. What a happy yuletide this will be. Oh, I'm glad to do it, Orville. You're very kind. This is just like being home for Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pete. I want to return your watch. His watch? Yes, I lifted it when you brought my lunch in, Pete. Yeah. I'm sorry. Lifetime habits are hard to break, you know. <laughs> Forget it, Orville. Oh, thank you. Excuse me, gentlemen. I'll return to my cell now. <laughs> Orville took my watch. Ain't that a doozy? <laughs> what a jail. Pete, look, are you going to vote for me tonight? You know, he must have lifted it while I was pouring his sanka. <laughs> oh, he's a sly one. Pete! <laughs> you know what he did yesterday, Harold? <laughs> He lifted my handcuffs. <laughs> he must have lifted your brains, too. I'll see you at the meeting tonight. Brother Reindeer, as recorder, I will now count the votes for Santa Claus. Have y'all put your ballots in the hat, Harold? Mine's in. Stanley Peabody? My vote is cast. My vote is cast. Uh, Pete? In the slot, boy. Huh. <laughs> well, mine's in. Holds the code. Let me see here now. Hope I get it. I just gotta be Santa Claus. One vote for Stanley Peabody. Oop. I bet he's gonna get it. One vote for Harold Hamp. Well, I wonder who's gonna get the next vote. One vote for Alf Landon. What? <laughs> it's for Harold Hamp. Oh, yeah. And so is the last vote. It's uh, Harold Hemp for Santa Claus by a snowslide. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Fine fellas. Congratulations, Hemp. I guess you won the election. Oh, well, don't feel bad, Stanley. You carried Maine and Vermont. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, gosh, it's wonderful. 
Ready? I'm gonna be Santa Claus. Ready? I can just see those kids at the Christmas party tonight. The smiles on their little faces when I hand them their presents. Good evening, Mr. Ham. Uh, ooh, Orville the Dip. I mean, uh, hello. <laughs> hey, what are you doing out? We need some more Christmas lights for the tree. I'm going to drop in one of the stores and pick some up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he will, too. I heard you singing. You must be in good spirits tonight, Mr. Ham. Oh, yes, yes, I am, Orville. You see, I was just elected to play Santa Claus with the children tomorrow night. Oh, that's wonderful, Mr. Hemp. Please accept my congratulations. Well, thank you, Orville. I can't tell you how I envy you. Huh? Well, this may seem strange to you, but the one ambition of my life has been to play Santa Claus to a group of happy children. Oh, it has? You see, I've had rather a lonely life, Mr. Hemp. No family, no friends. Oh, I see. Yes, the way of the transgressor is bitter and lonely, especially at this season of the year. One misses the warmth of friendship and the laughter of little children. Yeah. Of course, I know it is not for me to share in the joys of Christmas time. I must accept my lot. Well, I... But I'm very happy for you. What a heartwarming experience that will be to bring happiness to all those children, to be loved by them and trusted. Yeah. Yes, so. Well, I'd better be getting back. Merry Christmas, Mr. Hemp. Merry. Uh, Orville. Yes? You know, it really doesn't mean so much to me, playing Santa Claus. Why don't you take my place? Mr. Hemp, do you mean that? Sure. Why, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I can't believe it. I, I can't tell you how happy you've made me. Well, that's what Christmas is for, Orville. To make other people happy. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. That's the first portion of the Harold Perry Show. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X-1. Suspense. Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next time, it's the conclusion to the Harold Perry Show from 1950. Then, Sidney Greenstreet stars as Lisa's great-uncle, Nero Wolf from 1950. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.